0: Production made possible in part by MedPlus Advantage.
1: I'm Avash Kalra, and welcome to Radio Rounds, where you'll hear today's stories told by tomorrow's doctors. Coming up on today's show, I'll speak with Dr. Virginia Hood, the immediate past president of the American College of Physicians, or the ACP, a national organization of internists, physicians who specialize in the prevention, detection, and treatment of illnesses in adults. But internists are also major providers of primary care in the United States, and as part of the ACP, Dr. Hood is deeply involved in health policy and advocacy efforts.
0: We have to change the models of care delivery, and we have advocated, along with other groups in medicine for the patient-centered medical home where we can have team-based care to ensure better coordinated long-term care. And we have advocated that if we're going to have that kind of care, we have to have things paid for differently than the episodic fee-for-service system. We have to have payment that's linked more to value rather than just volume.
1: Dr. Hood tells us about her perspective as the immediate past president of the American College of Physicians, and I'll offer some Thanksgiving thoughts. That and more today on Radio Rounds. Welcome again, everyone. I'm your host, Avash Kalra, and I'm so glad that you could join us today, whether you're listening to us on the web, on our website, RadioRounds.org, on the radio, or via our free iTunes podcast. Now, before we get into today's episode a little further and my conversation with Dr. Hood... We should note that today's episode of Radio Rounds is premiering three days after Thanksgiving, and we're actually recording today's show on Thanksgiving Day. So I think it's important that we, from time to time, provide some perspective on what we do as medical professionals, especially since one of the underlying goals that we have here at Radio Rounds is to promote the concept of humanism in medicine and to make that very intangible phrase as tangible as possible. So certainly we at Radio Rounds have a lot to be thankful for. Obviously, we're grateful to all of our listeners and to everyone who supports us, and that includes all of our past guests. But I have to tell you as a resident, and this applies to all residents and to medical students too, we're thankful for what we get to do every day and what other people let us do for them. And that's take care of other people. So with that in mind, it's about 9 p.m. local time here in Denver, Colorado, where I'm doing my residency. And like most residents and probably most medical students, although I did insist that my medical students stay home today. But I spent the day at the hospital working today, from about 5 in the morning to about 8 o'clock at night. But the thing that you realize, and that I hope most physicians and medical students and nurses and medical providers realize, is that even when we work from before sunrise to after sunset, even on a holiday, and even if, as residents, we're living hundreds of miles from our families, Even when all that is true, we still come home at the end of the day. In my case, I come home to my wife, who is also a resident physician here in Colorado, and that's something to be thankful for, but really there aren't words for that level of Thanksgiving when we come home on a day like this, knowing that there are patients, our patients, sitting in their hospital rooms, away from any semblance of a holiday, of a warm Thanksgiving, of food and football like the ones a lot of us grew up with. Even though in medicine we work on holidays and on weekends at all hours of the day and night, we all go home eventually, even if it's after 10, 12, 15, and even 24 hours of working nonstop. And our patients are left in those rooms on holidays like this one, occasionally visited by one of their nurses, but left mostly to to look out the window at the rest of the world. I have a patient right now with uh, metastatic breast cancer, and by that I mean breast cancer that has spread to other areas of her body from her bones to her liver and even to her brain and unfortunately as i'm sitting here recording this week's episode of radio rounds about to go have a thanksgiving meal of my own that patient is across the street at the hospital where i work eating her thanksgiving meal in her hospital room i visited her right before i left and honestly it was quite a scene there were about 15 or 20 family members half of whom were probably under the age of 15, crammed into that hospital room enjoying a meal with my patient. And even though it was a hospital room, it was probably one of the warmest Thanksgivings I've ever seen. Uh, No one was talking about how they were in the hospital or even how, quite honestly, this might be my patient's last Thanksgiving. The room smelled like turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes and that smell that we all associate with this one day of the year. So... In the end, I'm thankful that I was at work today, uh, because if I hadn't been, I wouldn't have been able to see that. And uh, I hope all of you had a wonderful Thanksgiving as well. And even if you're listening to this episode via our podcast long after we're airing it, I think this message will still resonate. So on that note, uh, if I can attempt to segue now, just like I talked about how our primary goal is caring for and advocating for our patients, that goal is shared by my guest for today, Dr. Virginia Hood, the immediate past president of the American College of Physicians, or the ACP, which is the largest medical specialty organization in the United States an organization that represents the field of internal medicine. Dr. Hood, who is a professor of medicine at the University of Vermont College of Medicine, is a medical graduate of the University of Sydney and also a graduate of the Harvard School of Public Health. Dr. Hood and I talked about the work that the ACP does in advocating for patients, and this week will air part one of my conversation with her. Part two will air next week. I started by asking Dr. Hood As president of the American College of Physicians, what does meeting with other leaders in healthcare around the country give you in terms of your perspective as a physician?
0: It gives you the perspective that so much is the same in terms of the problems faced by our patients and the physicians who are trying to deliver good care to patients, Mm -hmm. that we need to improve quality, we need to reduce cost, we need to ensure lifelong learning so that uh, we are all as up-to-date as we can be. Uh, we need to work in teams. We need to develop new systems. And these are things that are actually not unique to the US. They're, they're pretty much uh, global concerns. We worry about how there will be enough people uh, practicing internal medicine both as generalists and some, and some of the subspecialties to take care of people as they are aging and developing more and more complex multi-system disease as people age and as the baby boom generation is living longer and wants to be healthy and active. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we maintain care for these people so that they do have the opportunity to uh, be as um, you know active as they can? And how do we ensure that there are enough resources available so that everybody who needs it can get the care that they deserve? Uh,
1: you mentioned that with the growing population, it's, it's a challenge that is not easily solved. And a lot of Students, it seems like, uh, less and less each year are going into primary care, less and less into those fields. How do you combat that? I'm sure that's a question that's come up repeatedly during your tenure as the president of the ACP.
0: Oh, yes. (laughs) Why doesn't uh, everybody recognize the importance of internal medicine? And I think they do. And I Mm -hmm. think students do. I think everybody knows it's the basis of our profession and i I must admit that i was teaching doing teaching rounds uh, the other day and in my group there's um, a psychiatry resident who's doing internal medicine and Mm -hmm. uh, usually somebody from anesthesia or somebody from neurosurgery all knowing that they really do need this basis Mm -hmm. to be good in their subspecialty areas but the problem with people then making a decision about where they want to go is is fairly complicated. Hopefully, people choose areas that are of interest to them, mm-hmm. and that that then should distribute people about right to provide the services that are needed. But uh, there are other factors, of course. Uh, people are making choices based on what they perceive as an appropriate lifestyle for them. Mm-hmm. You know, many... Young people in medicine, both men and women, know they're going to have family, or already have family obligations, need to balance out how to do that um, as well as be a good physician. And and they look at ways that might give them a lifestyle that makes that kind of thing possible with the right amount of remuneration for, for that. So money is an issue, lifestyle issues. But really there are still a lot of people who want to take care of people with chronic and complex diseases because it's very challenging. Mm-hmm. And we just have to make it possible for them to get paid for what they do in an appropriate way as well as you know, have the support systems like a good team so that they can do the things that they're very good at. And there's a lot of support to help with some of the hassles that people now face as they practice any kind of medicine in terms of documentation and regulatory processes. So we have to make sure that we are building better systems of care.
1: I know that as president of the ACP, you've spent some time lobbying in Washington um, to end Medicare cuts and, and really promoting or advocating, rather, for, for physicians in Washington. Tell, tell me a little bit about that experience and perhaps the challenges that have gone along with that.
0: The American College of Physicians position uh, for a long time, as I mentioned earlier, has been that there should be universal access to health care, preferably through some form of insurance, medical insurance for everyone. Mm-hmm. We have never advocated any particular payment or healthcare delivery but we feel that unless everybody has insurance and is contributing to the pool, there will just not be enough money to take care of the people who need it. So we have been supportive of the Affordable Care Act's individual mandate that encourages everybody to have insurance. Uh, We also feel that um, in order for people to get care and have insurance, there there can't be exemptions for pre-existing conditions and some of the other things that the Affordable Care Act, uh, when it's fully implemented, uh, will not allow. So we've been very supportive of that. Not that we think that the Affordable Care Act is perfect and that there are many areas where we have already written to suggest there be some modifications. But overall, That is a key area that we have always advocated for. We feel the other main thrust of our advocacy has been, well, there's several, of course, but a couple Mm -hmm. are. One is that we we have to change the models of care delivery. And we have advocated, along with other areas, uh, groups in medicine, for the patient-centered medical home where we can have team-based care to ensure better coordinated long-term care. Uh, And we have advocated that if we're going to have that kind of care, we have to have things paid for differently than the episodic fee for service system. Mm -hmm. So people, we have to have payment that's linked more to value rather than just volume. Mm -hmm. And part of that is because we have to think about cost cost is a really a key issue for everybody in this country. Now we, we have a debt, the cost of medical care is contributing to the debt but the cost of medical care is not just contributing to government program funds of healthcare, it's contributing to every individual's own amount, the amount of money they have to spend on anything. Because in this country, about half the healthcare is actually out of pocket or through insurance or through premiums and doesn't come from the government at all. Mm-hmm. So, but, but yet, the cost of healthcare in this country is twice that per capita than any other industrialized country. The government actually isn't paying that much more for healthcare here than they do in most of these other countries, it's just that the rest of that people are paying privately through their, as I said, through insurance or through out-of-pocket expenses an almost another equal amount mm-hmm. uh, for their health care. And, and this is just unsustainable. 17.6% of the GDP currently uh, is just too much. There's not enough money left for other things that are going to need to be taken care of. So we, so the college has advocated for what we can do to control cost. And we see that in uh, several ways. One is that there are programs that the federal government could look at that could be cut in a responsible way that would help reduce costs for the federal government. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, physicians themselves are responsible, not for the fees they get paid, but for many of the costs, because we order the tests, we write the prescriptions, we do the procedures, and a number of these are overused and mm-hmm. misused. Sorry. And these are causing harm as well as increasing cost. Mm-hmm. And that we have to be responsible for this so that we would like to help physicians, provide them with evidence, guidelines, education, help them be able to talk with their patients, you know, deal with all the litigation issues that always come up every time we talk about not doing certain things. Mm-hmm. But we want to provide the resources so physicians can make the right choices to avoid overuse and misuse. The payment systems get rid of the incentives for overuse and misuse. And we can help educate our patients that much of this overuse and misuse is also causing harm. And we know patients
1: do not want harm. And you're listening to Radio Rounds. That was Dr. Virginia Hood, again the immediate past president of the American College of Physicians. I do want to mention that you can learn more about the ACP at acponline.org. Now certainly Dr. Hood brought up a great number of interesting points, but one that I want to comment on is her discussion of how there are many influential parties who are responsible for the rising cost in medicine, and one of those parties are physicians themselves. It's an important point to make, I think, that maybe doesn't get made enough, but what's reassuring to me is that medical schools and residencies are becoming more and more conscious of the fact that young physicians should be taught this concept that ordering too many tests for patients is not only costly, but it can be harmful. Uh, That's not to say that we don't order an expensive test for a patient when it's indicated to do so, or when we think it will be useful. But the fact is, there are instances when those expensive tests aren't indicated. And in fact, in those cases, ordering them may cause more harm than benefits. Uh, next week in the second part of my conversation with Dr. Hood, we'll pick up the conversation there and discuss that concept a little further. It's all part of our ongoing theme this season on Radio Rounds, focusing on quality care and medicine. So please tune in next time for that. And in the meantime, of course, you can contact our team at Radio Rounds via email like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. All of that information is on our website, RadioRounds.org, where you can listen to all of our past episodes on demand. These podcasts are also available as free downloads on iTunes. Just search the iTunes store for Radiorounds. Thanks as well to our entire Radio Rounds team, and of course, our partners as well. Production made possible in part by MedPlus Advantage. Sponsored by the American Medical Association. Providing group disability and life insurance to students and residents through participating educational institutions. Visit us at medplusadvantage.com. In addition, Radio Rounds is proudly partnered with the Student Doctor Network, online at studentdoctor.net. Applying to medical school? Learn about life at your choice of medical schools and programs from current and former students. Check out the SDN Medical School Feedback Database at studentdoctor.net. Join us next week on Radio Rounds again. RadioRounds.org is our website. Hope all of you out there had a great Thanksgiving this past week. Until next time, for Radio Rounds, I'm Avash Kalra, bringing you today's stories from tomorrow's doctors.